0: Everyone, I've returned to Pimlico actually uh, today at live racing again after, of course, trying to recover from a terrific Preakness week. And we all know that early voting delivered owner Seth Clarman a second Preakness victory on his birthday, quite the birthday gift, as well as trainer Chad Brown, who of course sent out Cloud Computing in 2017 on a similar trajectory: Wood Memorial into the Preakness with success. It was the first Preakness victory for 2017 champion jockey Jose Ortiz and I got the chance to catch up with him. I started off by asking him what the few days directly after his first Preakness victory have been like for him.
1: It has been great, Uh, finally all sinking in, you know. I'm just happy, happy for for the team, for Chad, for Seth, and all the guys back in the barn, they was they were extremely happy Sunday morning when we got back, you know. And uh, you know that's that's what we work for, you know. Uh, win those kind of races and ride those kind of horses and bring joy to the barns, you know. them people works very hard and uh, they deserve that and, and, and more, you know. They're very good guys at
0: the bar yeah chad highlighted that as well what kind of strength in terms of his team he has (laughs) now if we go back to saturday right after the preakness you were very emotional Uh, would you be able to put into words what you were feeling right there at that moment aboard early voting
1: well yes uh the picture that i got uh me crying uh close to the to the finish line that's when uh I saw my kids and my wife uh on the and at the track you know and they were so happy that you know I couldn't hold back you know it was it was so cute and precious moment you know and uh you know right passing the wire got emotional because you know it's it's a dream come true for me on uh it, Just work very hard. Been writing for ten years now, and uh, I have always worked very hard. And you know, to get uh, to reach your goals, it's it's nice and it's emotional. You know, that's what you work for, and when you finally get it, it, it gets to you. You know, it's it's very rewarding. It's nice.
0: It was a very beautiful moment. So just before you hit the wire and, and you knew you were going to win, what goes through your mind then? I mean, I'm not a jockey. I was just an exercise writer. So I can't imagine that moment that you kind of know you've got it, right? And and you know it's going to happen. What were you thinking then?
1: Uh, you know, it takes a while to do the thing in, like uh, <laughs> three seconds or five seconds, you know, on uh no, I was just very happy. Like I said before, and emotional. It was so, that's what we worked for, and just feel, you know, just feel like I was on top of the world. You know, the pregnancy is a great race to win, and uh, I mean, I'm just delighted that, that that we we were able to win it, to win it, and we really like the horse. it's a nice horse, and we knew we were going with a fresh short and we were very confident that he was gonna run a big race but winning the race is a whole different story so we, 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 we were all very happy very happy for the team
0: yeah we'll, we'll talk about his career and of course how you've developed this horse and how you know him so well in in two seconds i just want you to perhaps talk us through the race where you're on a horse that has a lot of gait speed you broke on top we could see you kind of Looking to your side at the beginning, is that to see if Armagnac was coming or to just kind of get a scope of how the race was unfolding?
1: Yeah, I knew Armagnac was going go to go into the lead. Uh, I didn't want to get in a speed duel with him. Um, but I made sure my heart broke good. He got a lot of speed, like you say. Uh, I was looking for making him he- use his speed to go in front of me. And then I was going to be able to sit next to him on the outside. And that's what I did. I was just looking for him. And when I see that he was sending to the Leo, I say, okay, perfect. Now I'm going to take back and go outside of him. And, and that's what I did. Passing the 5 pole, I was sitting a lot of horse. Uh, passing the 3A pole, same thing. You, you You could see me looking around. I was looking where the other horses that I like where I was looking for Secret Oats, I was looking for Epicenter, which I couldn't see. So I figured he was inside, behind horses. And the quadruple was time to go, you know? I feel like I have a a lot of horse every step of the way.
0: He, He cleared pretty impressively. Was it always the game plan? I remember speaking with Chad Brown beforehand to see if you can get a lead early and to kind of get him comfortable that way.
1: Yeah, we talk about it. Uh, Chad told me that, that I knew the horse very well. Won't take anything away from him. If he's on the lead and you feel comfortable there, great. But do not get on a speed duel with Armagnac, which we knew he had a lot of speed. So, I mean, I, that's that was the kind of trip I was looking for, just sitting off it. and um, We kind of worked the horse that way. That's to work, sit off, off a horse. Because we knew we knew somebody was going to go to the lead.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned this was something you mentioned in the press conference as well. That you've been on this horse since he was a baby. Now, what has he been like in terms of his development, and how has that helped you get the best out of him?
1: Yeah, I got the opportunity to get on him to work uh, out of the gate, but he wasn't quite ready to run yet, and. Um, You know, it was very fast, but, you know, he wasn't ready. He got tired, but I really liked his ability. Like, I knew he would develop nicely. And when I get back, Chad told me that he should be a nice horse uh, later on going longer. And that's what happened. Yeah, he was a very nice horse. Um, But we liked him from from. From the first time I got on him, I liked him. He had a lot of attitude, he was very green, but he could run, and um, I liked him a lot. so what can I tell you?
0: Yeah cool, well, clearly, clearly it's, it's worked out for all parties involved. Would you also tell us a little bit about that relationship with Chad Brown, that you are getting on horses in the mo- mornings, as well as, I guess, the, the trust that exists between you guys.
1: Yeah, I've been riding for Chad now, I believe, for the last, I would say the last five years, uh, riding very good horses for him. You know, I, I work a lot for him on, you know, he, we, you know, we tell him he's been around a lot of good horses too. He knows what he gets, you know, he knows he know his horses very well. But, uh, you know, with babies, especially when we go to the gate, then we are able to tell him a little bit more about them. Um, we have a, a great relationship, uh, but he knows his sources very well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Chad, Chad also mentioned, and this was also during the press conference, that in the early days, you had also ridden Zanden to a third-base finish in the Risen Star, and then early voting as well as Zanden, we were about to race on the same day, Zandon to Yoda Bluegrass, and then early voting in the Wood Memorial, and that he basically made this decision for you to ride early voting and and that that was something that you were fine with so that must indicate the kind of trust that you place in him because as a jockey you know that must be a a, perhaps a tricky situation sometimes to be in or how would you look at that
1: yeah very tricky situation but uh it was the same day you know the race Mm -hmm. was the same day so I was going to miss on Sandon or I was going to miss on early voting. It was, it was, you know, either way, I was I was going to lose one of the horses. So uh, I knew Sandon was going to be very tough on the Bluegrass because I really liked the horse and I thought he was going to win that race, which he did. But like I said before, I mean, I only can be at one place at a time and uh, Chad decided that I was going to be riding a Liberty on the Wood Memorial. So, I mean, I I don't complain because uh, at the end of the day, he he is the trainer and he he makes those kind of decisions with the owner, who they want or who should be on the horse. And I don't know. I don't know why he decided to me to go to the Wood, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't, gonna be mad either way if he would have let me to ride Sandon and somebody else get on early boarding uh, I mean that's what he decided I'd, I'd go i trust him like you say you know he he knows his horses and uh, uh he felt like he should be here and I had a very good day too in New York that day Sandon won uh, I feel happy for for him and uh, and the owner Jeff and um, Flavian is a great rider and I give it a great ride. The Derby too. I think he he run very good on the Derby and he will be a player on the three-year-old division down the lane, you know. It's a very nice course.
0: Yeah, Chad certainly has a couple of very talented individuals in his barn, as we've come to expect from him. And I think he also highlighted that he wanted to keep that relationship between you and early voting intact that he thought you suited the horse very well, whereas Sanders had a couple of different jockeys. Now, in addition, aside from that kind of playing out, you also in a way had a choice to make for the Preakness because you were also associated with simplification as you did win the Fountain of Youth on him for trainer Antonio Sano. I'm assuming knowing that you've known early voting for so long, that was perhaps an easier decision? Or what went into that? Because was it from an outside point of view, like me or other handicappers? You kind of tried to read into it thinking, well, I guess he must think that early voting was the one to go with.
1: Yeah, it was a little, uh, not easy because uh, I think the horse run a very, very good rates on the Derby, but I really, really like early voting and he run very very fast on ragosins on the Wood Memorial, so that would tell you that he was gonna be a big time player on the Preakness. He was gonna be very tough with the rest. He got, you know, he got like five weeks from the Wood Memorial, six weeks. Um, I think six weeks. So, based on on numbers, I think uh Sandon. Run a six and a half on on the bluegrass and early body run a seven mm-hmm. on the wood. So that put him right there with Sandon. and you know, I think if Sander would have run the 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 Prignac would be the favorite uh, along with Epicenter. So it was a, it was it was an easy decision, but I knew who I wanted to ride. I thought early body had a better shot to win the pregness than Simplification. Especially off the short rest, you know, two weeks after the derby is, is I mean it's very hard. Very hard to 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 win to win the preakness of two weeks rest, you know, it's very hard.
0: I guess the early voting's campaign also resembled that of cloud computing, which was the same kind of timeline going from the Wood Memorial into the Preakness with success for the exact same connection. So you mentioned the, the sheets. Do you look at them a lot when it comes to riding horses and making decisions?
1: You have to, yeah. You have to. Uh, You look at numbers. Uh, My agent works a lot with with rags, which is what I told you about, the six and a half and the seven. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you look at it. That's what they are are there for, you know, to tell you who who should be faster and and who should bounce. or You know, it's, it's... it's complicated, but uh, sometimes you're going to make the right decision and you're going to look good, and sometimes you will make the wrong decision and you're going to look bad. So, I mean, just happy that, that that we make the right decision and we won the practice, you know. But uh, I think simplification is a nice horse, and uh, hopefully he get a, a, a well-deserving win, you know, in a group one down the lane. I think he's a very nice horse, and, and Antonio is a great guy and the owners are very very nice so it was it was a little hard for me to take off because you know Antonio is a very nice person and, uh, mm. and the owners also so i mean it was it was a little like when i had to talk to him because he don't talk much with my agent because uh you know the language he uh, he he's understand better yeah. better off talking spanish with him and, and i, I talked to him a lot he's a very very likable guy uh, and i respect him a lot so it was a little hard just to tell him i wasn't gonna write it for us. but at the end of the day i thought uh, i mean I, I wanted to win the prick, so <laughs> I, did, I did what i have to do
0: Yeah, and you did win the Preakness. You had actually quite a few successful days in Baltimore. You had Pizza Bianca. You guided her to a Hilltop Stakes win, as well as a win in the Gallarette Stakes on technical analysis for Chad Brown as well. What was it like for you visiting Baltimore?
1: It's always great to go down there uh, and see my friends, but uh, it was a great weekend. Yeah, great two days. Pizza Bianca showed up. Now we're on to Ascot, which is great. And uh, Technical analysis run a very good race. I'm very happy with her. And I think she, she's getting better, you know. She's bigger, stronger. She's more calm. She, before, she used to be very nervous. And she was very calm the other day. So I'm happy with her. Kind of keep improving a little bit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Also showcasing your different riding styles, being on the front, coming from behind, judging pace. You really showed that, it's all about kind of making those right decisions. Do, do you have somewhat an idea always of how fast you're going or how do you time those things? How do you know where you'd like to be or when it's time to push that button on a horse?
1: Yeah, you know, you handicap uh, where you want, like who got the speed, who should be on the lead, who don't, but at the end of the day, I think uh, I just break and, and let my horse tell me where he's comfortable. Where he's happy, where my horse is relaxed and, and he's traveling well. And um, I think that's that's a key, you know, get your horse to relax and, and give him the best shot to win the race. Could be in the front end, could be coming from the back. I mean, Pixabianca is a leader. She's like, you can see when I broke out of the gate, I sit on the side of because I didn't want to be close because last time we were a little bit too close into a slow pace. I think the slow pace was the the reason why we're very close, but I want to make sure I I put her behind horses and and, and take my time with her because I know she she has a great turn of foot. So I just break and sit on the saddle briskly and, uh, you know, make sure, let the speed go and sit behind them.
0: Yeah, well, we know how good her turn of foot is from last year at the Breeders' Cup with that incredible sort of zigzagging uh, in-between traffic move on her. I still remember watching... The, I think it was the drone shot that showed it to perfection, what you had to do to get it to the wire.
1: Yeah, the drone shot was very good and, and the camera they have in the helmet was very good also, but I, I like the drone shot too.
0: <laughs> Definitely encourage everyone to, to go have a look at that British Cup Juvenile Feliz turf with a pizza pieca. But talking really briefly about, you know, you had such a great week. Did you do anything to celebrate, because I do believe that I saw on social media that you were on horses again in the morning in New York the next day?
1: No, no celebration, no. Uh, we drove back Saturday night. we go home around 1: 30, and then I honestly, I couldn't fall asleep until three o'clock because the adrenaline you know of winning the freak kick. You know, it kept me up until three o'clock. And then I had to wake up at seven because I had to work horses, you know. And that's what we did. I, I worked Sunday. I, I rode Sunday. And um, no, 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 no. Then I went dinner with, with, with my family. That's what we did. No, no celebration. No big celebration. No.
0: I guess an understated dinner, or dinner can be understated, but I think it's still a form of nice sort of cozy celebration did see you rode a double at Belmont as well the next day you were just on a roll
1: yeah we we're trying to to get rolling you know it's a good uh good time to to get hot a lot of big races coming up so uh, we are very happy with the year that we have him but you know obviously we want to to keep uh going up in the standings and be, at the end of the year, be on the conversation for for the Eclipse Award, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I do believe that they're looking at not going to the Belmont with early voting, but perhaps targeting the Traverse stakes. Am I correct in saying so?
1: Yeah, he said uh, the press conference, that definitely no Belmont. And... uh, the target, the, the main goal will be the Travers, but he of course he's going to have to run uh, before that somewhere. So we don't know exactly where he's going to run next time, but uh, obviously main goal should be the Travers. Yeah.
0: Giving him just a little bit more time in between races, and perhaps also is it the distance that suits him a touch better than going longer in the Belmont?
1: You know, it's like I say again, the the short rest is very hard. I mean my horse early voting, only got four races. And you know, he chipped down to Baltimore. He ran the race of his life and, and after that he was very tired. He chipped the next morning. So I don't see a reason why we run him back in the Belmonts. No. I think Chad he is make the right call on not running on the Derby. And I think it, cannot do the right call on not running him in the Belmont. you know it's just the timing is not right I don't know the distance might be fine but the timing just nah I I would pass too
0: yeah and before I let you go because I'm sure you've got plenty of other places to be but chatting with me uh, you mentioned Peter Bianca going perhaps to to Royal Ascot next I know you've been around the world yourself uh, any chance that you're going to go with her or do you have any international plans coming up surely?
1: Yeah, yeah uh, definitely, definitely planning on going to Ascot uh, to ride her um, that should be a lot of fun
0: yeah. I wish you the best of luck, it's an amazing meeting and uh, of course if you do well, do you believe it's Coronation stakes she's going into, you might you know, get the chance to see some royalty as well
1: yeah, Royal Alaska. I've been. I was there once, and it's beautiful. Uh, I would love to be back. I would love to win a race there. So we're gonna go there, I guess, and try to win that race.
0: It seems like you're already having a good year, so perhaps that momentum will carry you further. And she's clearly a very talented filly as well. So, Jose, thank you so much for joining me. It Was absolutely a pleasure to talk with you today is well, of course shortly after the preakness Stakes. So what an incredible weekend it was and i can't wait to see how uh pizza bianca is going to fare at roy asco coming up
1: yeah thank you
0: very kind of jose uh, to take some of his precious time to talk with us because as i highlighted he actually was on horses again the next morning having driven up to new york And then had a double on Sunday. So he clearly does not stop the hustle, does not stop working for it at all. Now, as far as the final race of the Triple Crown coming up, the Belmont Stakes, of course, currently looking at which horses might be going to that ultimate test of the champion so far, Rich Strike will be going, so that's a, a good sign. 80-1 Kentucky Derby winner, of course, trainer Eric Greig mentioning that they do believe that the Belmont Stakes would be more suitable for his running style. Of course, Preakness is a touch shorter than a Kentucky Derby Belmont Stakes, much longer, and Rich Strike did do his best running late. I'm also really excited to see that Creative Minister might be wheeling back in the Belmont Stakes. I thought he was a solid third. I remember speaking with Kenny Mupik before his race, and he was saying how much confidence he had in him, and he was just a late developing individual, but he's really hit his stride. Certainly proved just that by finishing third behind, of course, early voting, and then the favorite in epicenter, who perhaps just didn't get the trip he really wanted, wasn't out as quickly, got shoveled back ever so slightly, did manage to kind of Make up some ground on the inside and try to run down early voting, but it was too late for him. The early voting won't be running in the Belmont Stakes with Trinity Brown already pointing towards getting hopefully a Travers Stakes on board. And I also believe that Secret Oath, who ran a gallon fourth in the Preakness, won't be returning to mixed gender company uh, anytime soon. Do you believe? She's heading towards the coaching club American Oaks in Saratoga. So guys, it was quite an incredible week. Hence, you haven't heard as much from me on the podcast here. But we resumed the action at Pimlico Racecourse. We finished things off on Memorial Day, actually on Monday, before we get back to Laurel Park again. But what an incredible renewal of the Preakness Hakes it was again this year. It's a hectic week. Very busy, but so much fun to see all these incredibly talented horses train right on your doorstep getting to see them head out every single day and of course everyone that contributed to this successful event all the team at the Maryland Jockey Club and all the trainers and owners pointing the horses here couldn't thank them enough and we'll be back uh, with more horse racing tales next week see you then